Welcome out to Liberty Benton High School. You're signed for tonight's action in high school basketball. A doubleheader here of boys district semifinals basketball. Game one featuring the Van Lu Wildcats taking on the Mohawk Warriors. Lance Morris, Matt Gottman here with you for BBC Postseason Ball. Here on Classic at 96.7 WBBI and ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOE. Matt, thought you do national anthem here, but what are you looking forward to here tonight? No, it should be a great matchup. I mean, lots of stars on the floor tonight for both these teams. Should be a very good back and forth. I'm expecting a great game. Goes down the wire. Kind of give the edge to Mohawk, though, with this one. Slip side now for a quick time. When we come back, starting lineups opening tip here from Liberty Benton High School. You're listening to High School Postings Basketball on WFOB and WBBI. Van Lu basketball is hot and your hometown Wildcat Cafe is cheering on our favorite team. Take on Mohawk and show them who the Wildcats are. We have a fantastic team going into tonight's game. So dribble hard, steal that ball, sink those threes. Those of us from the Wildcat Cafe are rooting for you. Join us for breakfast, lunch, or dinner at your hometown diner and enjoy home-cooked food, friendly conversation, and small-town atmosphere. Go Wildcats! Everyone wants clean water, but are you doing all that you can to keep it clean? The Northwestern Water and Sewer District reminds you that flushable wipes are not flushable. They don't break down in the treatment process, plus they can damage your plumbing, which can cost you hundreds to fix. So next time you go, remember, do not flush the wipes. Toss them in the trash. It's a small step that you can take to protect our water. A message from the Northwestern Water and Sewer District. Think you can't qualify for a car loan because of your past credit, bankruptcy, divorce, even repossessions and charge-offs? Well, think again and turn the corner to Warner. Warner Buick GMC can help you find the money you need for a car. Call 419-423-7161. That's 419-423-7161. Or apply online at warnerbuickgmc.com. Let Warner help you get a car today. For price, selection, and service, Warner won't be beat. Have you tried Campus Poly Eyes with their world-famous stuffed sticks? Campus Poly Eyes is at 339 South Blanchard Street and are serving up their award-winning pizza, amazing stuffed breadsticks, subs, salads, and more. Campus Poly Eyes is now delivering all over Findlay, and they offer a great selection of beer and wine for dine-in customers. Voted best restaurant, period, by the BG News three of the last five years. Campus Poly Eyes at 339 South Blanchard Street. Stop in and taste heaven. My name is Carrie Maligan with Harold Floriana Funeral Home. In 1975, my father, Jeff Floriana, married my mother, Candy. That's when he not only committed his life to her, but our family business. Jeff, along with my husband, Tony, carry on our family's tradition of commitment and pride in our community. A lot has changed since we began in 1904, but one thing hasn't, our promise to take care of you before, during, and after a death occurs. Stop in our call to get information on pre-planning your future. Let your wishes be known and help ease the burden of your loved ones. Same location we've always been, on the corner of Tiffin and Union Streets in Faustoria. Harold Floriana Funeral Home, we're here for you. Back we are here from Liberty Benton High School. Your site for tonight's action here in high school postseason basketball division four district semifinals here between Mohawk and Van Lu Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you on both WBDI and WFOB. We'll have starting lineups here in just a moment. But Matt, two teams kind of on completely different ends of the spectrum in terms of just kind of the overall seasons they've had. Mohawk top seat in this district, 21 and three overall avenged all the losses they had this season. They were all losses in the N10. They were able to get the better of one of those teams either in the first or second matchup. So this is a Mohawk team that has done a lot of damage throughout this season, thanks in part to their 6'6 senior, A.J. Hess, who is N10 player of the year. But 
On the Van Loose side, you have last year's BBC player of the year, first team this year in Jerome Kleffer. And as we've talked about with different coaches, I know we talked about with Coach Jury a few weeks ago, when you have a player like Jerome Kleffer, you're in the game anytime he's able to stay on the floor. Well, you're in the game anytime he's on the floor, and you're in the game anytime that he has J.R. Snook on the floor with him, too. This Van Loose squad may not be as deep as they've been in years past, but they are extremely talented and very top-heavy at the top of their lineup with Klepfer and Snook. But when you talk about McComb, I think you hit best. Revenge the dish best served in the postseason. Or Mohawk, excuse me. Revenge the dish best served. Yum does look just like McComb, so I'll give you, I'll give you credit there. It's It's close. <laughs> but, again, so just to repeat myself, Yum, now, revenge. You want the best way to get it? In the postseason. That's what this Mohawk team has done. They have avenged every single one of their losses, and they've done so in rather decisive fashion. I mean, this is a very, very talented squad from top to bottom. A.J. Hess, he's the thing that makes this go by any stretch of the imagination. But by the same token, you also got Bryce Hannum. He does a great job. He's a very big contributor. You got Braden Chester, who really helps out from time to time. And then, oh, by the way, Kane Heyman is out there as well. I mean, this is a team that is top to bottom loaded with talent and is shown throughout this postseason run. And I'll be candid, I don't really expect it to end tonight. It's going to take some major heroics from J.R. Snook and Jerome Klutfer to pull this one off tonight for Van Loo. I think when it comes to, like, the discussion of moral victories or anything like that, you know I don't believe in them. This Van Lu team, if they can keep it close, we're talking maybe high single digits once you get into that fourth quarter, you could have a chance. Because we have seen Klepfer and Snook take over games at the end of the game when they really needed to in those situations. Tonight could be no different, or tonight could be a runaway and further validation of what Mohawk's capable of. AJ Hess will jump for Mohawk and we'll see Jerome Klepfer jump for Van Lu. Van Lu will win the tip. They'll be attacking the basket to our left here from our position here at Liberty Benton High School. Quickly three from the corner for Jerome Klepfer will be off of the mark. Mohawk will go the other direction. Just about 15 seconds in this one. Still scoreless here at Liberty Benton. Starting five for Mohawk, AJ Hess, Bryce Hannum, Hoover Cleveland, Boomer Cleveland, Braden Chester, and Kane Heyman. Starting five for Mohawk. Get the starting five for Van Lu here in just a moment as they'll Swing it over on the left side. That'll be Chester with it. They'll get it back up top for Cleveland. He'll drive inside. Chester open for the three. Up and good from the left wing. For Mohawk gets the scoring started at three to nothing. Starting five for Van Lue, Jerome Klepfer, J.R. Snook, T.J. Rickle, Alex Accord, and Landon Saltzman. Klepfer, deep three left wing. Too strong last time. Rebounded, though, by Van Lue. It'll stay with the wow. That's all the three of the players were already in transition. The three from the right wing will be off the mark from Landon Saltzman. Mohawk ball. Yeah, I think the offensive strategy tonight is how many shots can Jerome Klepfer and J.R. Snook get off in a quarter. A.J. has three off the mark for Mohawk, but great save by Hannum. It'll stay with Mohawk. They'll get it inside to Hess, who lays it up and in from the mid-post. Now 5-0 lead for Mohawk, 6.48 to go first quarter. And real quick, I think you buried the lead that there's a player on Mohawk's squad named Boomer Cleveland. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> Van Lue ball with 6.40 to go here first quarter. Still looking for their first points as Butler splits the double team, ends up throwing it away. It'll be stolen by Mohawk. The Warriors in transition, laying too strong. Rebounded though by Hess, puts it back up and in. Makes it now 7 to nothing in favor of Mohawk as the Warriors jump ahead with 6.26 left to go. First quarter of action, all Mohawk here so far in this one. Coach Butler taking 
the 30-second timeout as we do, in fact, have some sponsors here tonight. And a big thanks to the Wildcat Cafe for sponsoring tonight's broadcast. The Wildcat Cafe supports our local basketball team in tonight's game. Proud to be a sponsor here for everything we have going here tonight. Matt, it has been the opposite of the start Van Lue has wanted so far because even the shots that Mohawk hasn't been able to get, they've been easy, able to clean up and get some more baskets out of them. Yeah, Mohawks are still whatever they want right now. I mean, it's only a 7 nothing lead, but I, I think the general mood in this gymnasium right now is this is maybe one or two broken transition plays away from turning into a complete runaway. Van Lue's really got to land this thing. And right there, big steal. No, Snook comes up with it. Snook got it right back in transition, though. Loses the handle, and it'll go the other direction. Won't get the benefit of that call either. Will Snook as it gives possession back to Mohawk with 6.21 to go first quarter. Mohawk, the 7-0 lead. Love the effort from Snook. Really, really love that effort. Mohawk will set things up now in the half court with 6.15 to go opening quarter of action. Pull up elbow jump shot off the mark from Cleveland. The rebound tipped up and in. Off of the mark, though, from Hannum, it'll end up being reeled in by Saltzman. Van Lue back the other way with six minutes to go on the first. Good rebound by Saltzman. Nice job getting position down there. Swing it. Klepfer has it left wing. Doesn't have enough room to launch a shot. He'll put it on the deck. Drive inside. Spin move inside. Laying up and good from Jerome Klepfer to get Van Lue on the board. He is just such a natural scoring threat. Doesn't matter where he is on the floor. Mohawk setting things up now into the half court. Bryce Hannum with it now up top. He'll drive inside. Lose the handle. They'll fling it up ahead to Klepfer. Klepfer in transition. Lays it up. Wanted to get the dunk, but still able to finish in transition. Well, Klepfer makes it 7-4 with 5.5 to go in the first quarter. Makes it easy to lay it in when your fingertips literally touch the top of the rim. Free ball. Too strong that time from Mohawk as Chester doesn't get that one to go. Now we'll see Van Lue back the other way. Trail 7-4, 5-15 to go first quarter. And this is where Van Lue kind of struggles a little bit. You get Klepfer going. You want to keep feeding Klepfer, but you need to have someone else contribute offensively as well. Van Lue setting things up. Top of the key. Three off the mark that time from TJ Rickle. Goes the other direction now for Mohawk with five minutes to go in the first quarter. They'll swing it up top. Heyman, he'll launch the three. That one a little strong. Rebound brought in by Saltzman. Van Lue back the other way with 4.50 to go in the first quarter. Really surprised to see A.J. Hess playing so far out in the perimeter. He really has no one matched up against him size-wise out on the floor. He could completely own the paint tonight if he wanted. Snookle set things up top of the key for Van Lue. They get it to Klepfer right wing extended. They'll bring it back towards the top of the key. They'll blitz him and get the steal. Heyman the other way in transition, lays it up and in. Klepfer trying to get back and defend it, but unable to do so. Is there actually going to tee up Mohawk for something down low? I wasn't, I'm not sure if it was just because the way they threw the ball back or what it was exactly, but they gave him a quick tee. Pretty sure there are some words. That, that, is, a, that is a words kind of technical foul there. Nonetheless, that'll be a couple technical free throws for Van Lue, trailing 9-4 to four with 4.23 to go in the opening quarter of action. Klepfer, first one up and good from the free throw line on the technical, as that is exactly, I think, what uh, Braden Chester is asking the near side referee when, in fact, the technical was for both free throws up and good for Klepfer, makes it 9 to with 4.23 to go first quarter, and it'll be Van Lue ball because of the technical. I mean, that's a, that's a bit of a big one there. That is a bit of a big one. Go to the backcourt now to Klepfer. He'll fling it up ahead and outside. Roseman checks in now for Van Lue. Enter it mid-post to Snook. Snook 
Driving his way down inside. Layen comes up short. Ends up back in Snook's hands, though, underneath. He'll fling it, and it's stolen away. Now Boomer Cleveland with the steal. Mohawk right back the other way as he'll fling it now to Hess. Hess has it right wing. He'll drive his way inside. Wants to go inside. Stolen away instead by Van Lue back the other way. Just really question when there's a distinct size advantage why he's not posting up in the paint for an easy two-point lay-in every time. Van Lue will swing the ball right side to Snook. Enters at mid-post. Jerome Klepfer. Looks to briefly double team and brings it back to the wing. The contested three, a little strong that time. Rebounded by A.J. Hess. Mohawk back the other way. 3.35 to go. First quarter, Mohawk the 9-6 advantage. Like the quick release there from Klepfer, but you got to have a clean look. Hess wide open, knocks it down on the right wing. And the same way you can't leave Jerome Klepfer that wide open, cannot do the same thing for A.J. Hess. Well, you can't leave A.J. Hess open, period. I mean, there's a reason he's a player of the year. And travel will be called against Roseman that time for Van Lue. Gives action back over to Mohawk. We'll see Hunter Hayes check in for Braden Chester for the Warriors with 3.17 to go in the first quarter of action. 12 to 6 is the score. Mohawk with the lead over Van Lue. Set things up now in the half court. Hayes with it on the left wing after checking in for Mohawk. Get it right side to Hannum. Entering it inside to Hess on the cut, but poked away that time. A ripple ends up getting the steal. Now cut for the other way for Van Lue. Great defense from Van Lue. Very, very good defense there. Snook with it up top. will set things up for Van Lue in the half court as they look to get Klepfer for some off-ball room. They'll now get it to Klepfer up top. Swing it to Rickle on the right wing. Cross-courts it back over. Saltzman, he'll look to drive inside. Down in the corner now, Secord. He'll drive inside. He'll have his shot blocked, but that'll draw the foul as that'll send Owen Roseman to the line now for Van Lue with 2.41 to go in the first quarter. Man, I disagree with that call completely. That was just a very, very clean block. The only issue they have is it came from behind. That was maybe the only part that could have been an issue there. Free throw comes up short for Roseman. Big thanks today to Wildcat Cafe for sponsoring today's game, supporting our local basketball team in tonight's game. Proud to be a sponsor. Second free throw up and good by Roseman. He'll split the pair. Five-point lead now for Mohawk. Crossing the timeline will be Teenier swinging it out now. Left side for Hayes. Hayes will get it up to Cleveland, top of the key. Now has with it right wing. Contested deep three. In and out won't fall. Rebounded though by Mohawk. Second chance effort. Up and good inside for Zayden Fry. He gets that one to drop for Mohawk. And Mohawk's just completely dominating the rebound game. Snook inside. He can't finish, but he'll draw the blocking foul with 2.16 to go here in the first corner. So will get Hunter Hayes for that foul. Send Snook to the line. 2.16 to go. First quarter of action. 14 to 7 is your score. Mohawk with the lead over Van Lue. First free throw will not fall from Snook. Snook, uncharacteristically, not the best of free throw shoes, if I remember correctly. 49% so far. Second one also off the mark, but rebound will be briefly grabbed, but actually will be reeled in completely by Mohawk. They'll go back the other way with 2.13 to go in the first quarter. Bring it up top now, Hannum down in the corner for Hess, but between Cleveland and Hess, neither knew who was going to grab it, so it ended up going out of bounds and set back over to Van Lee with 2.07 to go in the first quarter. We'll now see Brandon Chester check back in for Mohawk. He will come in for Boomer Cleveland. Way to go, Cleveland. <laughs> See Cameron King now check in for the first time here today. He will check in for Landon Saltzman. Saltzman. 
Pasco will throw it in for Van Loo, dealing with a little bit of a full court press. Kleffer swings it over, and now to Rickle. Rickle down inside to King. King, few dribbles back out now. Kleffer contests the three, top of the key, comes up short. Rebounded by Braden Chester. Mohawk back the other way with 1.51 to go in the first. I, I get it. I just don't like that decision by Cameron King. He had an open layup right there. Just I get Kleffer is the guy, but... Someone else has to score on this team, too. Haynes with it on the right wing for Mohawk. They'll get it back up top, reset things for the Warriors with 1.30 to go in the first quarter of action. They lead 14-7 over Van Loo Division Four District semifinals here from Liberty Benson High School. Lance Moore's Matt Common here with you on both stations. AJ Hess now with it left wing. We'll swing it inside. Hannah back over now. Pump fake, corner three. Up and good from the right corner for Braden Chester. Makes it a 10-point lead for Mohawk. Get up ahead now, briefly open, driving inside. The shot will be blocked as driving inside at that time for Van Lue with 105 left to go in the first quarter will be Roseman, so he'll go to the line for the second time. Nice shot by Roseman. As of right now, the only other Van Lue player with any points for the Wildcats. But the freshman Roseman back to the line for Van Lue. His first free throw up and good with 105 to go here in the first quarter of action. That's right, he is a freshman, isn't he? Very young team in some of these areas. Second one up and good from Roseman as well. Makes it 17-9 with 105 to go in the first quarter. And I'm dealing with some pressure up top by King. He'll get it across the timeline. Flings it to Haynes, left wing. Haynes, few dribbles back up top. Resets with Hannum at the volleyball line. 53 seconds to go in the quarter. The three off the mark from Haynes. Rebounded by Kupfer and he'll draw the foul after grabbing the board for Van Lue with 48.2 to go here in this first quarter. And worth noting, yeah, Mohawk the lead, but already now their fifth team foul against them. No fouls on Van Lue. This is going to sound a little sarcastic and cynical, but has Van Lue really had an opportunity to foul? It's, it's been a very clean first half offensively for Mohawk. Nickel three up and good from the left corner. Makes it a five-point game with 35 seconds to go in the first quarter. Down inside, lay in a little strong from Hannum. Stuck with the board for Van Lue, almost losing the handle. Able to regain possession now over to Klepfer. Klepfer slings it over to Rickle. Rickle will pass fake now with 22 seconds to go in the quarter. Get it back up top now to Snook. Slow things down, 17 remaining in the first quarter. Hess almost getting the steal, ends up now will get the steal as he won't get a foul on Hess that time. Hess now has it with 10. Gets down in the corner for Chester. Back up top, Hannibal drive inside, flings it outside. Now open Hess, left corner, the three, a little strong. Rebounded though by Mohawk, another chance. They won't get it off with time to go here in the first quarter. So that'll do it here for quarter number one. Their score through one, Mohawk 17, Van Lu 12. Some aside for a quick timeout, we come back, start of quarter number two here from Liberty Benton High School. You're listening to Division Four District Semifinals action on both WFOB and WBVI. We know what it takes. We've done it all. At Five Star Maintenance and Construction, we built our crew on the foundation of dedication, hard work, and pride. Pride in a job well done that exceeds our clients' expectations and is executed with precision from start to finish. Welcome to Five Star Maintenance and Construction. We have been a leader in the industry of property preservation and construction management in Northwest Ohio. Each division of Five Star has a seasoned team to tackle even the most challenging property preservation and a dedicated on-site property manager for each property. Five Star Maintenance. We know what it takes. For over 100 years, iron workers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an iron worker? Do you like to work with your hands? 
Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are ironworker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Ironworkers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Starting the second quarter of action here from Liberty Benton High School. Your site for today's action division for district semifinals double header here. Game one, Mohawk against Van Loo. Mohawk, the 17-12 lead as we start quarter number two. Lance Morris, Matt Calvin here with you on both WFOB and WBVI as we get a foul call up top, and that'll be the first foul against Van Loo here in the opening half if they get that one on Cameron King. How are you going to call a foul on a guy that's 5-3? I mean, come on. Mohawk will set things up in the half court. Chester with it right wing. He'll swing it back over now to Chester. He'll drive inside this time. Flings it down in the corner. Relief for the open was Hammond. Won't launch it this time. They'll find now Hess on the left wing. He'll swing it back over to Cleveland. He'll enter it down inside. Facing things up and almost losing the handle. He'll stay with Mohawk. He'll swing it over. Now Hess open left wing for the three. Up and good again. A.J. Hess from outside showing uh, he is in fact Mohawk's all-time leading scorer. Now an eight-point lead for the Warriors. And stolen away by Mohawk in transition. Cleveland with the seal inside. Hess will lay it up and in with ease as again Snook takes a bunch of contact and they won't call a foul. I mean, they really haven't been calling a lot of the contact fouls. We've only seen, what, two or three foul shots so far for Van Lue. Another steal by Mohawk in transition as Hess gets it that time for the Warriors. They lead 22 to 12. 6.55 left to go. Opening half of action. They'll swing it out over. Back over now, right side for Cleveland. Enters it down low. Hannum shot a little strong. Rebound tipped around back in Mohawk's hands. A short corner, Jay off the mark from Kane Hammond. Mohawk back the other way with 6.40 to go in this first half of action as Snook again dealing with some contact as they'll get a foul this time on Hannum. Definitely a decent bit of contact there, but a little, little hard to take that one when they didn't call the contact that Snook was delivering on the previous possession as well. 10-point lead for Mohawk. Van Lu with possession. Six and a half to go. First half of action here from Liberty Benson. They'll get it to Kleffer on the right wing, dealing with a bunch of pressure by Hannum. Kleffer trying to create some space. Spin around, down inside, forcing it up. Comes up short. Can't get his own rebound. It's reeled in by Heyman. Now Mohawk the other way with 6.15 to go in the first half of action. Upside, losing his dribble will be Cleveland. Bounces it back over. Right side for Chester. He'll drive right side, bring it back to Hess. Hess, deep left wing three again, up and good. A.J. Hess from way outside extends Mohawk's lead. 13 points now, 25 to 12. You're scoring under six and a half to go in this first half of action. Yeah, so you kind of get the feeling I was going to say going into the second quarter, it's like, hey, Van Lule has as a five-point deficit. That's pretty good. That's impressive for them, especially considering how slow the offensive output has been. Then it appears that Mohawk said, well, we're done playing with our food. Now it's just time to get this over with. And just went on a tear. And my goodness, this A.J. Hess kid, he is the real deal. He really is. He is, he, he is something else. He's already else. got 15 points. Yeah, he's something else to watch. I, he really is. Top but, scorer in the N10 was third in rebounding, player of the year as well. And, I mean, we haven't seen him for a couple years, but even as a sophomore on that Mohawk team, that was really good. He saw some good things as they're actually going to get an offensive foul on Snook as Coach Clutford does not like that call in the least. 
So no foul. I think they said that he was uncontested, though, when he dribbled out of bounds. Nonetheless, it'll now be Mohawk Ball with 5.50 to go in the first half. They lead 25-12. to 12. They'll launch the three. It won't touch anything. Stoker with the board now for Van Lue with 5.44 to go in the first half. Snook definitely getting a little more athletic with his movement down there. Reset now for Snook. Find Klepfer in the high post. They'll look to double team him. He brings it back out to the wing. He'll take the contested right wing three. A little strong lat sign from Klepfer. Rebounded now by Mohawk. 5.25 to go first half. They lead at 25 to 12. I know Klepfer can really hit it from anywhere, but he is not hitting from beyond the arc tonight. He needs to move it inside and start attacking the basket. Mohawk has it up top for Cleveland. They'll now enter it inside to Hannum. Ends up poked away as Roseman comes away with the steal for Van Lue. Driving inside. Now they'll get it back to Klepfer left wing for Van Lue. They'll look to drive baseline. He'll go baseline. Reverse lane. Up and good inside for Klepfer for his first basket in a little while on the first points in the second quarter. Now for Van Lue. A.J. Hess, another deep left wing three, up and good again. A.J. Hess just making it rain thus far for Mohawk. Makes it 28-14 to 14 with 440 to go in the first half. It's just not fair. Inside, cut for laying a little strong that time. Rebound by Mohawk. Back the other direction for the Warriors with four and a half to go in this first half of action. 28-14 to 14 is the score. Mohawk with the advantage. So swing it now up top again. Hess again, Come deep on. left wing three. And that time off the mark is finally a little bit of a heat check from Hess. He shot that from the volleyball line for Pete's sakes. <laughs> Come on. Snook down inside. Layin comes up short. Rebounded by Kane Heyman. Mohawk back the other way with 4.05. Left to go in on the first half of action as it'll be Cleveland bringing up the floor for the Warriors. Driving left side will be Chester. His pump fake comes up short. Hess there, but can't put it back on the second chance effort either for the board for Van Loo. Good rebound for Klepfer there. He's really got to get the offensive game going, though. for white wing three. Doesn't touch anything. Rebounded, though, by Roseman. One dribble goes up. Can't finish inside. And the freshman Roseman bringing down the rebound will be Chester Mohawk the other way with 339. Left to go here in the first half. Big thanks tonight to Wildcats Cafe for sponsoring tonight's game in part by Wildcat Cafe in Van Lu, supporting our local basketball team in tonight's game proud to be a sponsor it'll be Mohawk singing things up right side three off the mark rebounded though by the Warriors and poked away though Klepfer gets the steal Van Lu back the other way with 315 to go in the first half good poke away there in the paint Snook back over Rickle now left side cross courts it over Roseman open for the three, in and out won't fall. Hess the board for Mohawk with 3.05 to go in the first half. 28-14, the score Mohawk leads. I think just the amazing part right now is it's only the first, it's still the first half. Three minutes to go in the first half. A.J. Hess is beating Van Lue by himself. It's 18-14 if it's just A.J. Hess out there. Another 30-second timeout, so we'll keep it here on both WFOB, WBVI, 28-14 is the score Mohawk the big lead thus far over Van Lance Morris back on here with you on both of our stations here tonight game one of our district semi-finals doubleheader Van Lue against Mohawk here in game number one and game two going to be a very very good game on the tap for game two as well as we have in game number two Arlington taking on football out that should be a great game <laughs> really really should be that'll be a fun one you know how you know tonight's a big night I don't know how Jeff Hammer's here, and Calvert's not playing. Hammer's here? Yeah. Hi, must really be Hammer time. Good thing he, I don't think, is listening currently, because otherwise, otherwise it'll go right to his head. 
That's just hurtful. He usually listens to us. Well, we'll find out when we get a chance to catch up. Mohawk ball following the timeout, 250 to go in the first half. We'll swing it over. Top of the key three from Cleveland. Oh, and good as Mohawk continues to score down here in the opening half. 31-14, 240 to go in this first half. No, Cleveland definitely rocked there. That was my last one, I promise. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll say it's not going to be my last one, but I'll try my best. Snook with a dot top for Van Lue with under two and a half to go in the first half. Deep three from Rickle up top. That time a little strong. Rebounded by Bryce Hanneman. Now Mohawk back the other way with 220 to go into the first half and pass a little strong that time from Hannum, but they'll get a foul call on Van Lu with 218 to go in this first half. Oh, I didn't even realize they had actually gotten a foul on that one, but okay. I thought they just went out of bounds. It's the second team foul against Van Lu here in this first half. Pull up elbow, jump shot, up and good. Boomer Cleveland gets that one to drop and makes it now 33-14 with 2.05 left to go. And another steal for Mohawk Hannum, the lay-in, and drawing the foul in his favor as they'll get Snook for the blocking foul. And again, at this stage, it's really just Mohawk is starting to run away with this one in a hurry. Sends Bryce Hannum to the line for Mohawk with 2.02 to go in this first half. His first free throw off of the mark. Hannum, a 57% free throw shooter. Second free throw coming from Hannum. Off the mark as well, so he'll go over to that time. Butford with the board now for Van Lue. They'll look to go the other direction. Gets a little bit of a screen, doesn't create a whole lot of space. He'll lose the handle down inside. Mohawk able to save it before it goes out of bounds. So back the other way for Mohawk with 149 to go in the first half. Tell you what, Boomer Cleveland, very impressive play away from the ball to try to get like rebounds and save possessions. Cleveland floater will be off the mark. Snook goes in transition for Van Lue. His lay-in up and good as he's able to contort his body through the defense, make it 33 to 16. Much needed points there. It's been about a four-minute dry spell for Van Lue. We'll set things up now in the half court with 1.23 to go in the first half. 33-16, your score. Mohawk with the lead over Van Lu. So swing it to Hess up top. One dribble now back left side for Haynes. Haynes will have it poked away. As support rips it right away from him. Goes the other direction now for Van Lu. Rickle will drive inside. His lay-in will not go as he'll get a foul called. And it'll be a blocking foul. But if it's a blocking foul, they also have to call the goaltender. I'm not saying, are they going to call the goaltender? They should, right? Should. Puts Rickle at the line. I have not seen anything that would signal his goaltender, so I think they got away with that. Yeah, definitely looks like they got away with the goaltender there. Rickle free throw will not fall, as we'll have a sub now check in. Braden Chester back in for Mohawk. He'll come in for Hunter Haynes. He did get that foul on Hess for what's that, what that is worth with 104 to go here in the first half. Second free throw from Rickle. Up and good, so he'll split the pair and make it 33. The 17, your score with 103 left to go in the first half. Remember Cleveland bringing the ball up the floor for Mohawk. They'll bring it now over to the right wing as they'll relocate Hess. Go inside, Hannum working in the mid post. Ripped away by Klepfer. Klepfer now looks to go in transition, and in transition, he'll be blocked from behind 
by Bryce Hannum to draw the foul with 44.9 to go in the first half. Under a minute to go, you're already in the bonus. Might as well just give the foul and just live with it. Hope that Klepfer is going to miss from the line as opposed to getting the easy way in. It's Klepfer to the line once again. First free throw up and good by last season's BBC Player of the Year. Who won it this year? Casey Doolittle won it this year. Really? He did. Good on him. Second free throw up and good for Klepfer. Makes it 39 33 to 19 with 43 seconds remaining in the first half of action as Mohawk will walk the ball up the floor this time, presumably to hold for the possible last shot of the half. Well, you know Hess is going to end up with the ball in some capacity. It's either going to be him or Cleveland. He's trying to play a little keep away is Mohawk. It's both fan bases, I think, kind of wanted fouls because both made noises. Yes. There's a, co- there's a collective noise. As Hess looks over at the clock, puts the ball on the deck, flings it back out now to Chester. Eight seconds remain in the half. Mohawk still with possession. Swing it left side, open for the left wing three is Chester. Up and good from the left wing. But for from the opposite volleyball line, does get it off in time and will come up short and not touch anything. That'll make it 36 to 19. Here's for Mohawk the lead through one half here at Liberty Benton. Wow. I mean, what what could you really say? I mean, do you look at that quarter? It was a 19 to seven quarter. The quarter before that was 17 to 12. It was just that was a runaway of a quarter for Mohawk, and this is going to be a very very hard road to climb for Van Lu to try and get back at this one. I think they're going to come out in the second half. The offensive strategy is going to be okay. We got Hess. Well, okay, you stop Hess, but. Who's going to stop Chester from beyond the arc? He's got pretty decent night scoring already with nine. Who's going to stop Cleveland with five? It's the, the difference right now being where Van Lue, if you keep Klepfer relatively out of the game, they don't have a shot. Hess is doing a lot of good things, but he's getting a lot of help in the process. I, I don't really know who Coach Klepfer and company are going to be able to key on to try and slow that down because... What do you do? Say, okay, just let Hess take as many points as he wants. Great, but you still have a very big lead. You need to shut them down for a quarter first. And that's that's going to be the real challenge. That's really going to be the challenge. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. We come back, start of the second half here from Liberty Benton. We'll have our own at halftime report. In between that, again, 36-19, your score. Mohawk the lead over Van Loo through one half of basketball here at Division Four District Semifinals here on both WFOB and WBBI. Roto-Rooter is always the first name you think of when you have problems with your sewer system or any other household drains. Tim Munger and Roto-Rooter will thoroughly clean your sewer system, sink, shower drains, and toilets. The Mungers have been serving the Faustoria and Seneca County area for over 60 years. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. That's 419-435-3360 for all of your drain cleaning needs. And away go troubles down the drain. Are you thinking about new flooring for your home? Snyder's Floor Covering Outlet in Bettsville is here for you. You can either come to our store or they can bring the samples to you with many new carpet and vinyl styles and colors in stock. Snyder's also offers 12-month financing and no charge measuring and estimates. Call today, 986-5599. That's 986-5599. Stop in and see our newly renovated showroom. Thank you for continuing to support Snyder's Floor Covering. Snyder's Floor Covering. No job too big or too small. Snyder's does it all. 
Are you looking for a job with a great company? The Ropey Corporation has several positions available. They have general labor positions with a starting pay of $18.84 an hour with a raise after 90 days. These are full-time positions that work second shift from 2 p.m. until 10 p.m. There's also an opening for a CDL Class A truck driver. To apply, go to Ropey.com and find career opportunities under the company tab. Come work for one of Northwest Ohio's best companies, privately held and family-driven. It's 10 p.m. and oh shoot, you didn't make that appointment for your aching knee. Guess what? Northwest Ohio Orthopedics is making it easier for patients to schedule their appointments. Online scheduling is now available. Hop online and schedule right away with whatever day and time works best for you and your family. The new online scheduling benefit is available at all six NWO locations. Finlay, Tiffin, Fremont, Fostoria, Bluffton, and Bowling Green. NWO is always working to make things easier for their patients. Go online, schedule, and bam, done. From the Ohio News Network, this is the Ohio Education Association Tonight in High School Hoops. Now, here's your host, Eric Reeser. As of July 1 of 2021, college athletes all over the country could make money off of their name, image, and likeness. The acronym NIL has likely been seen and heard almost any time college athletics has been discussed. Since that date, it's been a whirlwind of change in college football. Now coaches must deal with their players receiving money and other things from outside parties where it was once very illegal to do so. Now that the NCAA has washed its hands of impermissible benefit enforcement, there's been no end to the ways student-athletes have received money and other benefits. Prominent boosters from schools all over the country have formed groups or collectives to pool their resources from their businesses and fans alike to offer deals to student-athletes. This has also created situations where high schoolers have allegedly been offered NIL deals to sign with certain schools. All of this has been heaped at the feet of Ohio State's Ryan Day, and you'll hear his thoughts on nil collectives and college football free agency coming up next this is the ohio news network i'm scott tomorrow president of the ohio education association on behalf of our 120,000 members oea is proud to sponsor tonight's game we know high school sports play an important role in shaping young athletes lives and we've all seen the difference ohio's educators make in their students lives every day whether they're in the classrooms or coaching on the basketball court, Ohio's educators are dedicated to empowering their students and providing them with opportunities to learn, grow, and thrive. For that, we say thank you. Did you know that three Ohioans are diagnosed with oral cancer every day? Dentists are doctors of dental surgery and can recognize life-threatening conditions and treat oral diseases before they become serious health complications. Ohio Dental Association member dentists are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality dental care. Ask if your dentist is a member of the Ohio Dental Association and American Dental Association so you know you're being treated by the best. To find an ODA dentist in your area, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. This, this is ONN. Earlier this year, the Cleveland Plain Dealer reported that Ohio State's head football coach Ryan Day told local business leaders and prominent Ohio State alum he would need $13 million in name, image, and likeness deals to keep his current football roster intact. This is in line with what other major universities are reportedly doing with their football programs. Schools like Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, and USC all have money reportedly being used on players and potential players now that the NCAA has basically made it legal to do so through name, image, and likeness. Something Ryan Day says has become a way of life in college football. It was uh, never part of the conversation. Then it became part of the conversation. Uh, it, it's trending towards being the conversation for a lot of folks. So just 
as, as time has gone on, it's become more and more of a priority for, for folks. And so, you know, navigating those times and adapting is, is important. In early December, Ohio State's athletic director, Gene Smith, sent out a memo soliciting fan donations to several Ohio State-sponsored collectives that are run by a prominent Ohio State alumni and boosters. In the memo, Smith cited Ohio State's commitment to, quote, supporting our current and future student-athletes while building strong competitive programs, end quote. Adding, quote, we welcome your help in keeping Ohio State at the top of the college athletics landscape, end quote. Ryan Day says they believe they have the support from everyone. It's certainly a priority for us to, to make sure we have everything we need to support our players, and that's kind of where I'll leave it right there. We, we have some folks that are, that, are, uh, that are really helping and doing everything they can, and that's great. And so, you know, we're going to need as much help as we can moving forward. But the great news is, you know, we have great fans who want to support it, and we're going to make sure we do everything we can to make sure our guys get what's fair. Ryan Day says they also make it a point to tell players how much support there is for NIL at Ohio State. We're going to need all the help we can get, but that's kind of the way it is across the country right now. And, and the, the great news is we're, we're positioned really, really well in Columbus and with our fan base to, to, do, to do just that. And, you know, our team has done very, very well here on campus and, and over the last year. They've done great. So we're going to keep building towards that and just make sure that everyone knows that this is real, we're here, and, yeah, certainly going to need their support. NIL has also become a talking point when bringing in players from the transfer portal. Some have accused athletes of being college football free agents, going to where the most money and endorsement deals can be had. Ryan Day says that's not something they do when considering a transfer portal player. You know, certainly if, if there's something that we can do in terms of upgrade in, in a certain position, we'll always do that. That's our job. But we'll also take into consideration the right culture fit, the right fit for them, the expectations. If somebody comes into the program, they know they're going to have to earn their right to get on the field. You know, we're not just going to guarantee when you come here, you're going to do this, you're going to get this many touches, or you're going to start the minute you walk into that, that locker room. You know, I don't know how folks do that and then look at the players currently on their roster and say, I just guaranteed someone to come in and be a starter. You know, and so uh, we take all those things into consideration. But as you know, we, we have ad, added guys, and I think we've done a really good job of being thoughtful in those areas. But, you know, certainly the, the transfer portal has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. It's become like free agency, so it's something that you know, we're going to be a part of. For the Ohio News Network, I'm Eric Reeser. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if auto owners make sense for you. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have third shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17.51 an hour with a $0.25 cent shift differential for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria and part of the Ropey Holding Company family. We are here getting ready to start half number two in this division for district semifinals matchup between Mohawk and Van Loo. Mohawk, the 36-19 lead over Van Loo through one half of basketball. Lance Morse, Matt Common here with you on both WFOB and WBVI. Big thanks to the Wildcat Cafe for sponsoring tonight's game, supporting our local basketball team in tonight's game and proud to be a sponsor. So big thanks to them for being a part of our broadcast here tonight. And Matt, it was uh, obviously tough sledding for Van Loo into the first half and you can see once this Mohawk team gets gets things going especially when they're able to press as well as they were able to press especially in that second quarter 
couple that with A.J. Hess being able to shoot from basically the volleyball line, it's going to be hard to defend. Well, when, when people ask what's A.J. Hess's range, you say in the gym. <laughs> it's, it's just simple as that. I mean, it makes it very tough to defend once everything gets going. Get that off-ball movement going as well with this Mohawk squad. But Van Lue, they got some tough sledding heaven. They need to come out in a hurry in this second half. They go inside to Snook to start the second half. His shot off the mark, rebounded by Saltzman, then had it poked away from him by Heyman as now Mohawk goes back the other way to start this second half of action. Hess is open for three. And he is, but it will be a little strong. Rebounded, though, by Mohawk as Hannah able to bring that one in. The three ball off the mark that time from Cleveland. It'll go the other direction now for Van Lu. 7.30 left to go here, third quarter of action. But for will be double-teamed, cross-courted over to Saltzman on the right side. Saltzman now puts it on the deck, drives inside. Support one dribble back to for a left wing. Three off the mark, but... Kupfer will draw the foul from outside. Go line for three free throws with 7.18 to go in the third. Yeah, the, the foul game for Mohawk continues. In the first half, you saw him get a lot of fouls in a hurry, kind of slow things down the second quarter, but then pick back up at the end of the second quarter. It's kind of picking up where they left off. That's a quick foul under first within the first minute of the second half. First free throw up and good by Jerome Klupfer for Van Lu. Makes it 36-20. to 20. Two more free throws coming. Second one up and good as well. Not too bad of a shot there again. Third one from Klupfer up and good as they'll make all three. Cut down this Van Lu deficit a little bit with 7.15 to go here in the third quarter. I respect how quick he is at the foul line with it. Just one dribble goes right in and shoots it. Mohawk will set things up now in the half court. They go inside to Hess on the alley-oop type play. Although he didn't even have to really leave his feet to lay that one in that time for Mohawk. Up ahead, almost stolen. Van Lu able to get down with the pass that time. And Snook will drive inside for Van Lu. He'll fling it up. He'll get that one to go from in close. It was almost disaster, but Van Lu able to take it the whole way up the floor and make it now 38-24. Really good series of screens there. Open it up for Snook as well. Uncle will set things up now. Hess back over. Swings it back to Cleveland. Cleveland will split the defense. Flings it to Chester for the open right wing three off the mark. Rebounded though by Hannon. His second chance was off the mark, but got his own miss. Put it back up and in now for Mohawk. It's actually Hannon's first basket on the game. Makes it now 40-24. to 24. As they'll get a blocking foul on the outside. As they'll get that one on Cleveland with 6.23 to go in the third. That's a quick third foul there for Carter for Boomer Cleveland. And he's upset about it, and I got to tell you, one thing I'm noticing, this is a very good team. The Mohawk players get animated about their fouls and seem to talk a lot more than they probably should with the officials about the fouls. They really need to lock that down as this postseason continues. You don't want to get caught on the bad side of the official. And Lou Ball now, 6.06 to go, third quarter. They'll get it inside to cut for on the cut. He'll fling it up, get that one to go over the tough defense inside of Kane Heyman as we'll get a foul called. I think Klupfer just got teed up. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And Coach Klupfer says, oh, come on. And he asks for what? I think uh, the explanation was not satisfactory for Coach Klupfer based on uh, my lip reading abilities. Free throw off the mark on the front end from Hess though. Yeah, I'm not much of a lip reader, but based on the animation on it, he was not approving of why they called the technical. 
Ness will split the technical free throws on already our second technical of the game. One has been called on a player for each team so far. Definitely the intensity levels here between these two teams. 41-26 is your score with under six minutes to go. Third quarter, Mohawk with possession following the technical. Corner three up, but doesn't touch anything from Heyman. Rebounded by Van Lu. Wildcats the other direction. Clifford will bring it up four. He'll drive right side. He'll go turn around and start up and off the mark that time. Rebounded, though, by Hannum as Mohawk goes the other way. Like the attempt there, but I got to tell you, I'm a little worried that Clifford's going to have to play way too much hero ball in this second half. Mohawk with it right side. Three up and good for Braden Chester after the puck fake still gets it to go. He's now in double figures, makes it 44 to 26 with 520. Left to go here in the third quarter as Rickle ends up saving it, but ended up running out of room anyway as he was throwing it to a, a Mohawk player since there wasn't anybody else in the area for Van Luce. That'll give it back over to Mohawk with 517 to go in the third quarter. And it is worth remembering, these teams also did play in the regular season. It was a 72 to 51 game back in December, so... Oh, there already is familiarity between these teams as well. There is, and they don't like each other. <laughs> there's no getting around that one. Uncle set things up in the half court. Hannum with it left side. He'll go inside, fling it over. Ends up back in Chester's hands. He'll pump fake. He'll drive inside. And he'll get it back out now to Hess. Hess, the contested three up top. In and out, won't fall. Hannum rebound, puts it up and in. Four, Mohawk makes it 46-26, 4.50 to go third quarter. Yeah, i tell you, one of the things I like about Hess, we've actually seen him a couple times now follow his shot. Stole it away now in transition, going with Chester. The alley-oop will not be thrown down by Hess Van Lu back the other direction. Driving inside, finding Snook, and Snook can't finish inside with the right hand. Right back the other direction for Mohawk. Get up ahead to Hess, he'll pull it up. Won't get that one to go, but get a foul called down inside with 4.23 to go in this third quarter. Well, for both us, for both Snook and Hess, they're only cool if you finish it. <laughs> Otherwise, I was just a very excited-looking jump. <laughs> Roseman will check in now for Alex Accord for Van Lu. And Snook was called for the foul. His second as they throw it into Hess, who lays it right up and in over the top. Makes it 48-26, 4.20 left to go here third quarter. And here's the challenge with Van Lu. Who do you replace Snook with if he gets in foul trouble? Inside laying off the mark from Roseman is now Mohawk right back the other way. Driving inside, Hess open left wing, the three, up and good from outside for A.J. Hess as Mohawk continues to pour it on 51-26 with 4.03 left to go third quarter. Look, I'm a color commentator. I'm supposed to provide insight, a deeper knowledge to the game, a deeper understanding for the fans out there. And this is just a beating. This is, this is just a certified USDA beating. <laughs> There's not... A.J. Hess by himself is tied with the entire Van Lu squad. And if you really want to split hairs here, if you take Klepfer out of the game for Van Lu, the current score is 51 to 11. 51 to 11. I mean, Look, Van Lu is a very, very good team. They've had a good run this season, but everything that could go wrong is going wrong for them. I, I don't know if there's even enough heroics in this entire gymnasium that Jerome Klupfer can manifest for himself to get this one back in there. I think this is 
Uh, right, right now, we're either trying to stave off a running clock or waiting for the running clock. 51 to 26, your score as we resume play here in the third quarter. Bandler gets it up ahead to Roseman. Now clip for a puck faking. Now open for the left wing three, but comes up short. Rebounded down inside by Hess Mohawk right back the other way with 350 going third. Yeah, Clifford's not going to get a more open look than that. He just cannot hit from beyond the arc tonight. Uncle set things up now down inside. Hess wide open left corner of the three. Too strong. Rebound is brought in by Chester to keep it with Mohawk. He'll get it down right side for Heyman. Heyman with it in the right corner. He'll jab step back over now up top. They'll swing it around. Chester open top of the key. Too strong. Rebounded by Hess now to keep it again with Mohawk. Down inside. Chester open again. But pump fakes this time. Gets it in the high post. Hannibal drive inside. Hannum swings it down in the corner. Haynes the three. Up and good from the left corner as Mohawk continuing to make it make it rain from outside. And they also get the steal in transition as well. Has to get it back over to Haynes. Another three this time right corner. Up and good again for Mohawk. 57-26. Now you're scoring with 2.59 to go in the third. Hooked away by Hannum. It'll still be Van Ball coming this direction as we see Zayden Fry check in for Mohawk. He will check in for Kane Heyman. Wow. <laughs> that was quite the quite the sequence of events. That, that was a 30 seconds right there. That was an impressive 30 seconds of basketball. Corner three, off the mark that time for Van Lue. Cut for able to get the board to keep it with Van Lue. Dump it inside, Saltzman back over. Snook, Snook will launch the top of the key three. That one too strong, rebounded by Hess on the long rebound. Mohawk back the other direction. Flings it up ahead, Zayden Fry. Zayden Fry gonna be blocked. By Rickle, they'll get Rickle for the block with 2.32 to go in the third quarter. 57-26, your score. And a reminder, today's broadcast is brought to you in part by the Wildcat Cafe in Van Loo, supporting our local basketball team here in tonight's game and proud to be a sponsor as Aiden Fry goes to the line for Mohawk. What was the score at halftime again? It was 36-19. Wow. Okay. First, first free throw off of the mark for Fry. So we see Cam King check in for Van Lu. He will come in for Landon Saltzman. I'd say good substitution, but at this point, I think there, there, I don't know if there's anything Van Lu can do to stave this one off. Second free throw up and good by the two-time state champ into the pole vault for Mohawk as that makes it 58-26. to 26. The three up and good, though, on the left wing for T.J. Rickle, his second three of the night. Big shot. That's, you, you need to start clawing back in somehow. 58-29, your score, 2.15 to go. Third quarter, Hess another three. Come again. on. A.J. Hess, nothing Van Luke can really do to try and stop A.J. Hess. He's got 29 thus far, makes it 61 to 29 as Van Lue goes back the other way. He'll bounce it over. Roseman now with the left wing. Rickle, he'll step, but won't be able to step into a shot. But for he'll have it right wing. His three off the mark as well. That's another rebound inside for Mohawk with 150 to go in the third quarter. 61-29 the score. I mean, look, I'll, I'll quote NBA Street from back of the day. You can't stop AJ Hess. You can only hope to contain him. Still able to get the steal for Van Lue. Now with 140 to go, third quarter. He'll get it over now. Right side, the corner three. Two strong lats on from Roseman. Rebounded by Hannum as now Mohawk goes back the other way. Hess again left wing three. This time too strong. Snook briefly had and ended up in Klepfer's hands, but then stolen right back by Mohawk as Hess was able to completely rein it in for the Warriors with 120 to go here in the third. I'm just starting to feel bad. 
Mohawk ball with 1.10 to go here, third quarter. Haynes almost stepped into a three, though. Swing it back over right side for Chester. Down over again. Now Haynes open left wing three, too strong. Rebounded briefly by Fry. Kletford comes down with it for Van Lue with 57 seconds to go in the third. I, mean, I just kind of hope that, you know, Mohawk kind of calls off the dogs here a little bit in the fourth quarter. Oh, come on. As Rickle collides with Haynes, winds up in a wide open lane, up and good for Haynes with now 43 seconds remaining in the third, makes it 68, 63 to 29. Get up ahead now to Kletfer on the left wing for Van Loo. So look to drive inside on Fry. Goes inside and finishing in close with the contact. But won't get a foul as Kletfer gets that one to go from in close. Yeah, good shot by Kletfer. And we'll cross the timeline for Mohawk. 19 seconds to go, third quarter. Makes it 63 to 31 in favor of the Mohawk Warriors. Is almost losing the handle. Hannah able to stay with it as he... Try to, tries to find a way from the defense of Roseman. Has it now with six. Enters it. Down inside. Zayden Fry. Short corner. Jay too strong. Has briefly had the board. Can't come down with it. But for Munster from the opposite volleyball line. Hits off the backboard. But would not have counted anyway. That makes it 63 to 31. Your score in favor of Mohawk through three here at Liberty Benton High School. Step aside for a quick timeout. Come back. Start of quarter number four here from Liberty Benton. You're listening to the Division Four District Semifinals on both WFOB and WBBI. Welcome to Bigby Coffee, your home away from home that picks you up and leaves you in a better mood than when you arrived. No matter who you are, we know we'll have a drink for you. And her. And him. You see, here at Bigby, we can customize our drinks for each person. Dairy or no dairy, coffee or no coffee. We've got you covered, hot, iced, or frozen. Bigby Coffee is one of a kind, just like you. With locations on Tiffin Avenue and Trenton Avenue in Finley to serve you. At Blanchard Valley Health System, we're looking for individuals to join our family of professionals. We require compassion, dedication, and the desire to make a difference in a fast-paced healthcare environment. Jobs are available in clinical and support services. We offer competitive wages and benefits. The culture of BVHS is unique and rewarding. Visit bvhealthsystem.org backslash careers to search our current openings. Blanchard Valley Health System, we're here for you. 63 to 31, your score as we start the fourth quarter of action here from Liberty Benson High School Division Four District Semifinals. Double here, header here on both WFOB and WBVI. It's Mohawk ball to start this fourth quarter of action as they lead 63 to 31. Get it up top. Hannibal step into a three. That one grazes off the rim. Snook gets the board for Van Lu. I'm to be honest. If if I'm if I'm Coach Dunn, I'm telling them to call off the dogs a little bit. It's you've won this game. You've won this game decisively. You don't need to keep popping threes at this point. First lay-in by Kletfer off of the mark. Hess now with him on the right side for Mohawk. Get over to Hess, he'll launch another right wing. Three, up and good again. A.J. Hess adds on to the lead. It's now 35 points for Mohawk. Just, again, I'm sorry, just stop at this point. This, is, this has been decisive. You don't need to keep hitting those. Van Lu setting things up in the half court with seven minutes to go in the game, trailing 66 to 31. Snook with it on the right side, goes down into King. King flings it back to Rickle. Rickle launching the deep three, that time too strong. Rebound tipped around, ends up in Hannum's hands as he tries to avoid the pressure. Now he'll take the other direction for Mohawk Hess. Open again, left wing three. Up and good again for A.J. Hess. Now 35 points, extends their lead. 
I mean, they say you need a killer instinct kind of thing. I get that, but, man, this horse is already dead. You don't need to keep beating it. Up for down inside, we'll draw the blocking foul, even though we did get the shot to go before the foul call. So we do have a running clock. Yes, we do. I apologize. Now we know. I apologize. I know you were talking about it off air, but it does appear that we are going to have a running clock. We'll have a sub checking in and Boomer Cleveland back on the floor for Haynes in place of Mo or for yeah for Mohawk. Well, inbound to collect for four Van Loo. He'll get it back over now to Snook. Six minutes remain here in this one is now have a running clock situation with 69 to 31 being the score as it's ripped away, but back into Snook's hands. He'll go down and fling it up, but doesn't get it to go. Gets his own miss. And then finally able to finish inside at Will JR. Snook make it now 66 to 33 with 545 to go. My goodness. It's Mohawk ball with 5.35 left to go in this one. Up top now, launching the three will be Cleveland. Up and good from up top as well as Mohawk continuing to add on to the lead. It's now 72-33 to with 5.25 to go. I mean, okay. Snook pulls up the three. That time won't fall. Rebounded by Chester as we'll see Mohawk go back the other way with 5.15 to go. Has another left wing three. That time too strong. Rebounded by Cam King. Van Lu back the other way. I mean, nice clean look at just a little too much on that one. Kletfer left wing. He has the three up and good from the left side for Jerome Kletfer as that'll cut down the deficit now. It's 72 to 36 with 4.55 to go. Can't say enough things about Jerome Kletfer. He's had a 20-point night as well. He's had a solid night, solid effort. That's with it on the right wing now for Mohawk. He'll cross-court it over. Rickle will poke it away. It'll stay with Mohawk as he'll have to inbound from the sideline as we do have the running clock continue. And Hess will check out presumably for the final time finish tonight with 35 points. Definitely an incredible performance. Absolutely incredible performance from A.J. Hess. He demonstrated that he is deadly from beyond the arc and basically deadly from anywhere on the floor. Just... My goodness, what an impressive performance. Contested three in the corner. Too strong that time from Braden Chester. A rebound and put up and in inside that time by Boomer Cleveland for Mohawk. Continues to add on to the lead. It's now 74-36, 4.05 left to go. Jerome Kletfer will drive baseline. He'll draw another blocking foul with 4.01 now left to go, but the running clock will continue. I'll say now with the officials calling the foul, you can see they're just trying to kind of wind this one down at this point. See Hunter Haynes check back in. He'll come in for Bryce Hannum. Decent night for Hannum. Mohawk will wait the winner of game two as we continue action here on the steal this time for Cleveland. And he'll pull up and get that one to go as he almost came up briefly hobbled, but is able to looks like to walk it off. I said, didn't know if that was hobbled or just a little too hard of a jab step there on his part. It seems to be okay now. Step back three from Klepfer comes up short. Rebound sipped around by Sikord. Now driving inside will be Snook who throws it down over the top. And they're going to tee up Snook. I'd be excited too if I dumped given what the score is right now. But I get it. I mean, I get it too. He probably said something after the dunk, which... Because he didn't hang on the rim. But I'm sorry if I'm the officials that... It's 76-38. Let them have it. What, what's it going to do? And the running clock does continue during the text as well. Yeah. 
let them have something to be excited about. I'm sorry, that's just, there's a reason there's a lot of people that say sports you, aren't fun. You went from accepting it to changing your mind in the middle. Do you accept it? I was like, no, it's, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. Now we'll see a complete line change for Mohawk as they'll get the rest of their reserves onto the floor with now 218 remaining. Seventy-seven thirty-eight is your score with 208 left to go here in this one as Mohawk has now all their reserves on the floor. Up top it'll be Caleb Bish with it for the Warriors. They'll enter into the high post, a flood. Swinging now back over to Bish with it, top of the key. They'll go down in size, wanted to get it inside to Bogner as it's going to be poked away, but they'll actually say Van Lu was in fact the last to touch him, so it'll stay with Mohawk. I mean, okay. <laughs> Just let this one come to a close at this point. Bogner inbound for Mohawk, throws it in towards Bish again. Bish will drive inside, fling it down right side. The three, up and good by Hayden Parker for his first points of the season at the varsity level. Good for him. Good for him. Makes it now 80 to 38. Deep three from Rickle, too strong. Rebound is brought in by Parker now for Mohawk with 113 left to go. And I'll just be candid. Seeing a JV kid throw up a three in this type of game, different animal than the all-time lead scorer in school history, throwing one up when they're up by 32. Shot off the mark, they'll get it up ahead to Klepfer, and Klepfer won't quite throw it down, but does lay it up and in with 56 seconds to go. Exactly a 40-point lead, my goodness. So we'll wow. see them cross the timeline here for Bish, and looks like they'll just kind of hang on to it and attempt to play keep away as Coach Klepfer will empty the remainder of his bench, but Rickle comes away with get the steal, and he'll draw the foul, and not going to really have time to get any of the subs in because the cops can constantly keep running. Yeah, I'll say, it's, you're, you're not going to be able to get any of them in. It's going to be a complete line changes. The seniors and everybody else will check out for Van Lue for one final time here in the district semifinals. Yeah, and a good run for Van Lue. Obviously a bit of a struggle this season, but a very talented group. Made a nice run. Just they ran into a buzzsaw here with Mohawk. There's really no other way to put it. Another lift it up top, now on the right side for Reed, and back up top, and now launch a shot up, and will not count anyway, it wasn't going to fall. Makes it 80-40, to 40, your score, Mohawk, getting the win in decisive fashion over Van Lu here tonight. Extremely decisive, a very powerful statement game for Mohawk in a, dist a district semifinal. You roll by 40 points like this, that is... I mean, that's just absolutely remarkable. That's an incredible performance. And at the end of the day, it was one player, A.J. Hess, only lost by five to the entire Van Lu team. I mean, dominant performances from start to finish. For, for my money, uh, not the best look for Mohawk, though. Still chucking up threes with the starting lineup until about a minute and a half to go in the game. Not the best look. That That's something that fan... Fans will remember, for the Mohawk side, positively, oh, man, we put up 80 points. Fans from everywhere else would be like, dude, you could have stopped at 20 points easily. <laughs> you could have stopped at 25. You could have stopped at 30. You could have stopped at 35. You didn't need to keep fleeing up the threes. It's, I mean, I get it. I get it to a point. But uh, absolutely dominant performance. There's no way to take away from that whatsoever. And if I'm Hope Loudner, if I'm Arlington, 
I'm kind of terrified right now. Like, how do you stop what you just saw here? Again, 80 to 40, your final score. Mohawk the win tonight over Van Lue. Again, big thanks to the Wildcat Cafe for sponsoring tonight's game, supporting our local basketball team in tonight's game. Proud to be a sponsor. We certainly thank them for their sponsorship here tonight. But it leads me to the question, as, as you alluded to, not the best look for you know some of those guys you know launching shots, but isn't that more on Coach Dunn to get them out of the game earlier? Because yes. if they're on the floor, yes, keep playing, right? No, it's that that's. That's a very important demarcation there and differential. That's on Coach Dunn. Because if well, and part of it, on part of it, I think has to be kind of on Coach Clef for two. He's staying a two-three zone the whole game while they're launching threes. Of course, it, yes. And look, everybody has a little bit of blame. Is my point. Look, let's put it this way: there's plenty of should have done this, should have done that to go around. To be perfectly candid, Van Lu shouldn't have given up 80 points. Right. I mean, that's you, you should have a better performance than that in the district semifinal. Flip side of that, when you're winning 63-31 to 31 in the third quarter, A.J. Hess should have been sitting in street clothes with a Gatorade at that point for the rest of the game. Same thing with half of the starters. You do not need to keep your starters out there for what amounted to a 17-9 fourth quarter to, to do what? I mean, especially for Hess, I mean, 35 points, it's incredible. But he got nine of those points in the fourth quarter on three three-pointers. It's, but what, he needs to pad his own record that much more? I mean, you're probably looking at the presumptive favorite to win this district regardless of what happens in the next game. I'd make a compelling argument that at least regional finals, the way they played, depending on who they run into... It's you're going to get two more. Arlington or Hope will have something to say about that in a little are, bit. But. They certainly do, and that's to be fair. It's just you, you got to look at it for what it is. They just put up 80 points. They decimated a team that record-wise may not be that great, but on on the court is a pretty good team. They, they just boat raced them to the tune of 80 to 40. You don't do that in the postseason game. You really don't. So you got to look at them as the presumptive favorites going into – the finals going into potential regions as well and again I, I will echo what you said yeah I do think that's on coach Dunn I, I don't I think sure it may look fun it may make it look like an exciting game a lot of threes and having AJ Hess do the Travis Kelsey arrow shot after he connect on the last one what if AJ Hess rolled his ankle in that fourth quarter when you're up by 36 or what happens if Boomer Cleveland takes a bad shoulder to the ribs up for one of his steals and he bruises or breaks a rib. And you don't have them now in the finals, but you rolled up 40, a 40 point win against Van Lue. It's, I don't know. I, I think that was a bad look overall, not against the kids by any means. If you're going to be out there, play. You don't want to see them try and hold back. Cause that's when even worse things could potentially happen. But yeah, if I'm Coach Dunn, I'm sorry. 63 to 31. You had your starters had no business being in the game anymore. At that point, I get it to an extent, but even that extent is once you get past the surface level. That's what if one of them got hurt and you don't have these star players that just gave you this drubbing against Van Lil in the district finals when you're really going to need them. So that's my two cents on it. That's a big win. Doesn't take away from the win for Mohawk. Doesn't take away from the season for Van Lu. 
Doesn't take away from the performance from A.J. Hess and the, those guys. Incredible performance all around. But at the end of the day, just that, the fact that they were out there until about a minute and a half to go in the game is just such a bad, bad look. Again, 80-40, to 40, your final. Mohawk getting the win today over Van Lue. They'll await the winner of game two in our district semifinals. Doubleheader between either Hopewell Island or Arlington will be the team that advances to play them on Friday. And uh, before we go, of course, I uh, want to send a big thanks again to the Wildcat Cafe for helping sponsor tonight's game. Very much appreciate them uh, hopping on board with us tonight. But as you alluded to, Matt, a senior class that has done a lot of good things here with Van Lu over the last few seasons. Jerome Klepfer, J.R. Snook, T.J. Ruckel, and Alex Secord. I mean, like you said, always records didn't always show their how good they were th throughout the last few seasons. But Jerome Klepfer was BBC Player of the Year last year. They played with Joey Bonham the year prior, who was the BBC Player of the Year, as well as a senior. And so this is a team that, even if the record always didn't show it, always played as hard as they could, always engaged in exciting games. And they lost today, but they still had a couple dunks. They still had some nice threes. They still had they still had things to be to be very proud of. I mean, look, it's no secret to anyone in the area that Van Lu is a program that they are very hard pressed to consistently have top-tier talent come into the program. It's just, it's one of the smallest schools in the area. Historically, they struggle in that department. But over these last few years, this Van Lu basketball program has been one of the most exciting programs in the area. The record may not reflect it year in, year out. The overall performance may not reflect it night in and night out. But Van Lu any place they went to, they sold extra tickets because it was Van Lue. I mean, I, I think to, <laughs> the closest comparison I can make, kind of like those old uh, Toronto Raptors teams from the late 90s, early 2000s of Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, and all those guys up there. They may not have the best record year in and year out, but my God, were they fun to watch. And this Van Lue team was no different. Always competitive, like you said. Always got it. Always were in the games. It was never really runaways like you see tonight. And they made it fun. Jerome Klepfer could hit it from anywhere in the area. Um, J.R. Snook, one of the most athletic players in the area. T.J. Rickle, one of my favorites to watch because he's so unassuming out there on the floor. And then you'll just see him go off for like 15 or 20 at some point because he connects on six threes in the, over the course of the game. It's you're say he had three threes in there uh, winning against Calvert. Yeah, I mean he's just he's one of those. One of those fun-to-watch players. That's just what it is. They're fun to watch. And, I mean, then you go down to guys like Alex Secord, who's significant minutes time and time again, kind of the grit grinder of this team. Maybe not the most exciting out of the group of seniors, but this doesn't go without a guy like Secord down there doing all the dirty work and doing all the hard stuff in the paint or on the defensive side. So, no, this Van Lu senior class, they're going to be extremely hard to replace. This is going to be probably one of the biggest challenges in Coach Klepfer's career is what happens next with this Van Lu squad going into the 23-24 season. But I can say emphatically, sincerely from myself, and I'm sure I'm speaking for you, a big thanks to these seniors. They've made Van Lu sports fun to watch the last few years. It's been a while since anyone's been able to say that, and they're a big part of it. Again, before we go, big thanks to the Wildcat Cafe for Joining us as a sponsor tonight, supporting our local basketball team in tonight's game, and proud to be a sponsor. And thank you for listening to High School Basketball here on both WFOB and WBVI. Big thanks to our producer as well, pushing all the buttons. Make sure we're heard on both stations doing, of course, 
doing the Lord's, Lord's work each and every time. He's got more work to do, though. He does. From my broadcast partner, Matt Common, this is Lance Moore signing off for now from Liberty Benson High School. We'll be back here in a little bit for game two for our doubleheader between Hopewell Loudon and Arlington, and they'll take on the winner of this game number one, which, of course, was Mohawk by that score of 80-40. to 40. Thank you again for listening. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back in about 20 to 30 minutes or so here for more action on both WFOB and WBVI. Time for... All right, let's go. That's right, time to go. This has been High School Basketball on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. And online on WBVI.com. High School Basketball has been brought to you by Blanchard Valley Health System, Cooper Service, Warner Automotive, Frickers, Roto-Rooter. By Iron Workers Local 55, Northwestern Water and Sewer District, Wilson Tire, Grit. By MJ Brown Construction Company, Premier Bank, Financial Design Insurance Agency, Schaefer. By Snyder's Flooring Outlet, Ohio Automotive Supply, Seneca Millwork, and by the Ropey Corporation. Anyway, one last item of business before we go. Join us next time for another great matchup of high school basketball. Finished. Finito. High School Basketball is a production of TCB Holdings Incorporated.